0: Week fifty-seven of Bhagavad Gita class, yes. and we're starting chapter eighteen, and so um, we can understand as Prabhupada explains in the first purport, in the ver- first verse, that chapter eight is another summary conclusion of Bhagavad Gita. So Krishna gave a summary. He Krishna gives the most perfect argument of why Arjuna should fight. And so we can actually learn how to um, arrange such an argument. First, you give a summary of concisive points. Mm-hmm. And then you expand, unravel them in a detail. And then you give another concise summary. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so now Krishna is going to um, sum, it, sum it up. And so it's interesting, this this topic of renunciation. Um, because oftentimes, you know, before we come to Krishna consciousness, we think of renunciation as giving up everything. We just give up everything. We don't have like the more you give up, the more renounced you are. So Krishna and Bhagavad Gita, he dispels this myth that that's actually not what renunciation is. And so, in, in the 18th chapter, he's going to spell out what is the highest yoga and um, sum up what is renunciation, what what that actually truly means. He's been speaking about it throughout the Bhagavad Gita. Um, Another way we can describe Bhagavad Gita is the, the art of working. Why do we do what we do? How do we do it? What should we do? What time should we do it in? Who should we perform it with? Who should we give to? Who should we not give to? So it's, it's a very, actually, pretty complicated topic, and that's why um, it's re-emphasized again and again, we need guidance uh, from a guru and uh, saintly persons. Um, and so Krishna, in the beginning, he says, uh, renunciation means giving up activities based on sense gratification. And tyaga means giving up the fruits of our activities. So when we work, like karma means to work, there's always a reaction that comes. And so when we give up those positive assets that come to us, and that's uh, tyaga. And let's see. So Gange Prabhu. So um, uh, Michelle... Has new uh, training going on, so you're going to be more. Well, you you didn't bring anything specifically to share. Actually, I do. You did. Oh, good. <laughs> That's good because we need that today. <laughs> I we I yeah. okay. don't talk to you about you know what you were saying
1: last. Okay, week. good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Very good. Okay, so we can have just a little discussion based on what is Lord Krishna's judgment about renunciation. So. First, he, he says, uh, as we just mentioned, the giving up of activities that are based on material desires is what great learned men called renounced order of life. So in other words, not giving up activities, but giving up, giving up activities that are based on, based on material motivation. And then giving up the results of these activities is what the wise call renunciation. So some learned men declare that all kinds of creative activities should be given up as faulty, so there, there he, he, he concisely summarizes that misconception. Yet other sages maintain that acts of sacrifice, charity, and penance should never be abandoned. And he's gonna confirm that um, in two verses. So, O best of the Bharatas, now hear my judgment about renunciation. O tiger among men, renunciation is declaring the scriptures to be of three kinds. So now Krishna's gonna give his concisive judgment. Acts of sacrifice, charity, and penance are not to be given up. They must be performed. Indeed, sacrifice, charity, and penance purify even the great souls. It is indeed... Okay, so then then he's going to describe how these are done in the different modes of nature. And then going ahead to verse 11, he says, It is indeed impossible for an embodied being to give up all activities. But he who renounces the fruits of action is called one who has truly renounced. And that's the most difficult part, would you not say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe, do you want to have, maybe just give some experience in your life where you've had some positive um, karma come your way and some difficulties dealing with it, like, what should I do with this? You know, I have, I have this now in my life. Should I... Like, uh, should I, you know, use this for uh, this particular purpose or that particular purpose? What is the right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's you know, recently, uh, you know, going back to work in an academic environment, and uh, I've noticed uh, that because of my uh, devotional life that my approach to that has totally changed in many ways. Um, because I don't, I'm actually not attached to that work. My old workers that were are still there, however, because I've seen from an outside point of view, as well as from an inside point of view. And what's interesting is, is that I see how wrapped up and attached they all are to the fruits of what they do, and very take it very personal in the sense of everything that happens within, that environment. And for me, I'm almost feel aloof from it, but yet a part of it. So although I had a, I, I worked on that as a, a, over the years myself, but this has especially been true with us. It's, it, it's, you know, I just, it, it just seems it's very different. Because of my devotional service, because of the position that I've, I've brought myself to at this point, I've noticed that that is a, an, an asset to that. How I'm dealing with that, however, is it's a little weird because, you know, I'm still instructing students and I'm still close to them, showing them how to do things and stuff like that and they have their goals in many different ways but, but for me it's like I'm just not, I, I used to have this sort of like real personal stake involved in, in making sure they're successful mm-hmm. and for some reason I don't I guess it's the best way I can describe. It's almost something like I can't describe. I feel aloof from them, but yet I'm still helping them, what they need to do. I just don't feel that that um, attachment to that like I used to. And um, so again, I'm not, and I'm not trying to kind of seek any fruits from it either. I, it's just I'm here to do a service. I'm here to do a job, and to make sure that I serve them and they get what they need. But again, I'm not stressed out about that. You know what I'm saying? So maybe that, that makes any sense. Yeah, that's
0: you know. really good because that's kind of the, the status quo of work before learning about the process of yoga is to um, try to accumulate as much as possible and, um, and then to enjoy through that. So that's, that's, that's kind of just the modus operandi, how, how everyone operates. Because uh, without you know any other higher taste or higher goal, basically that's what life means. It means uh, I try to you know accumulate first. You know if I have money, then I can have friends, and then uh, we can enjoy together. So that's basically uh, how it works. And then um, you know, but it's never never enough. If I get one amount, I need more, and I can enjoy on a higher level like that. So, do you have something that you want to shift? It's like
1: jumping out of me. Huh? <laughs> well, I'm just so appreciative of, of what you're saying because um, that's what I'm kind of dealing with in, in this chapter and have been since I came to Krishna consciousness because my job is, you know, as a therapist with children and families. And so when you're describing previously how you had such investment and maybe attachment to seeing them succeed, you know, and I have that. And I, I don't know, I feel nervous about having detachment and aloofness because I feel like that, that attachment is required in my job, but I, I'm hearing differently here. So I'm, it's really encouraging to hear that you are still able to fill your duties and provide the support without being so invested in it. I, so thank you.
0: And it helps to you know, learn about Krishna's position. And, and understanding, you know, what we can and can't do, like that one verse that helps a lot. Like, from the karma so I'm not performing the action, I'm not causing other people to perform actions, and I'm not I'm not causing the fruits of my action. All this is done by the modes of nature. Um, I have to let me <laughs> I remember. I think it was either either um, three three or five. I think it may be three. Yes. So let me see my karm my cartvam. Yes, it's five. So that's action action in Krishna consciousness. So when the, so this is the verse before when the embodied living being controls his nature and mentally renounces all action, he resides happily in the city of nine gates, the material body, neither working nor causing work to be done. So then the next verse, the embodied spirit master of the city of his body, does not create activities. Nor does he induce people to act, nor does he create the fruits of action. All this is enacted by the modes of material nature. And then the next verse. Nor does the Supreme Lord assume anyone's sinful or pious activities. Embodied beings, however, are bewildered because of ignorance which covers their real knowledge. So when we digest this a little bit, then, and we we have some realization of this, then immediately it's like, I do my part. I do my best, and, and God does the rest, and so we can, we can allow, you know, Guru to work through us, rather than thinking, you know, I can take, I can control, like that's the status quo, is, is feeling like um, lords of the material energy, I can control it, I can, I can form it, I can manipulate it, but actually, we do our best, and then Krishna does the rest. Okay, so that was from 514. Yeah. So then in, in text 12, so that's the last verse we're studying today. For one who is not renounced, the threefold fruits of action, desirable, undesirable, and mixed, accrue after death. But those who are in the renounced order of life have no such result to suffer or enjoy. So summing up the, um, the art of work in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna concisely is, is telling us that to be true spiritualists, we have to engage in sacrifice, charity, and penance. And then in the, he's going to describe how that should be done. And, and, check, and charity and penance is, is, is a type of sacrifice. Like when you, when you have something and you give it away, it's charity, but it's a sacrifice because you sacrificed um, something that you you could have selfishly indulged in and, and give it away. So, and pe- similarly, penance and there's different types, but they would have to be done according to a certain method to be truly effective. Otherwise, it's simply done in the modes of nature. Like in the last chapter, we're describing divisions of faith and how people. Uh, they do things that seemingly good, but actually they're done in the modes of nature. and They, they have to um, ultimately reach the mo- mode of goodness and then transcend the mode of goodness to be done in, in pure love of God, ultimately. Um, so then he asked, well, I actually I wanted to just maybe express one of my own recent experiences. So Because I, recently I started doing real estate so I could make some money to support my family. While I'm serving at the temple, and so uh, generally, you know, over the past six and a half years, my bank account is like zero, hovering around zero. <laughs> and so, you know, we did we did a we did a real estate deal, and I you know I need to help my wife because she's she needs to get away with stress and things, and h- having her be able to have a better spiritual life herself. Um, so we did a deal, I have a little bit of money in the account, and you know, immediately you're thinking like, okay. You know, like, I can relax a little bit in that, <laughs> that row. And, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, I have to do this and that. And, and then some, uh, a message comes in from other in that there was some charge on one of our websites. And uh, I guess because I had, I had um, we had gotten a domain name for Groo website, but we connected that domain from, from GoDaddy to Wix. But it didn't make a lot of sense, although we saved a little bit of money to keep it separate. and It was confusing the, uh, the bookkeeper here, <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, I'm just going to transfer this over. Maybe it will extend the life of, you know, the other, or or from the other account, it will it'll transfer over." So I just started clicking through, and then you know, it's like, "Okay, two years is you know twenty eight dollars," and I get to the end, and I'm looking at like, I'm looking at Proud Pod, you know, and even like. <laughs> do I have
3: to do this? <laughs>
0: and I was like, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, I just had read Bhagavad Gita. I was like, okay, I've got to renounce it. So I just. <laughs> so, you know, it's not, that was my own experience of it not being easy all the time to give up the fruits of our work. And, um, you know, and, and it's not like we have to use everything directly in the service of the mission because if we're, for instance, We purchase food, we offer it with love and devotion to Krishna, we put it into our bodies, and then, through our bodies, we're engaging in in direct service to the Lord, and it's all used in His service, like we offer the food with love and devotion, and that was a nice service to Krishna, because he says in Bhagavad Gita, that you should do that, you should offer me food with love and devotion, I'll accept it. And then, as it's nourishing the cells of the body and we're engaging in action with the body, that's also devotion. So that's the um, great gift that you know, Sri Prabhupada brought us. It's, it's like, how do we live a lifestyle where we can actually be renounced in this world? And, and know the true definition of that. So the section question is explain some of the points made about performing prescribed duties. How is this applicable to us? So I'll read a little bit and then maybe you you all can say something how it's applicable to us a little bit. <clears throat> So all these activities should be performed without attachment or expectation of result. They should be performed as a matter of duty, of sanapriti. That is my final opinion. Prescribed duties should never be renounced. If one gives up his prescribed duties because of illusion, such renunciation is said to be in the mode of ignorance. So then, Mishra, the Prabhupada says, work for material satisfaction must be given up. But activities which promote one to spiritual activity, like cooking for the Supreme Lord and offering the food to the Lord and then accepting the food, are recommended. It is said that a person in the renounced order of life should not cook for himself. Cooking for oneself is prohibited, but cooking for the Supreme Lord is not prohibited. Similarly, a sannyasi may perform a marriage ceremony to help his disciple in the advancement of Krishna consciousness. If one renounces such activities, it is to be understood that he is acting in the mode of darkness see how these things can be confusing because like we were talking yesterday how arjuna had all these great dharmic reasons why he shouldn't fight but ultimately by not fighting he was doing something it would be something in the mode of ignorance although on the outset it looks like these are good reasons these are dharmic reasons and in one time place and circumstance they would be see that's the thing and that's why we need guidance so then krishna says Anyone who gives up prescribed duties as troublesome or out of fear of bodily discomfort is said to have renounced in the mode of passion. Such action never leads to the elevation of renunciation. O Arjuna, when one performs his prescribed duty only because it ought to be done and renounces all material association and attachment to the fruit, his renunciation is said to be in the mode of goodness. The intelligent renouncer situated in the mode of goodness, neither hateful of inauspicious work nor attached to auspicious work, has no doubts about work. Okay, so explain some of the points made about performance prescribed duties. How is this applicable to us?
2: Everything in life we do, I mean, is applicable. from the moment that we rise in the morning, you know I would think, um, because we're everything we must remember first when we rise in the morning that we are loving, devoted servants of Lord Krishna, first and foremost. And then, and we are not these bodies; that we are spirit souls. Once we understand that, and we rise in that morning, then we start our day on that platform. Now. Ideally, that's what we should do. We don't always—I'm not always successful at that all the time—but that's what I try to do. So, I think that that—and every moment that we have—if it comes to the simple things, of like, say, well, we have to take a shower, you know, we're cleaned up. We got to have breakfast before we go to work or something like that. What do we do? Well, we give our food to Krishna first, you know, and then we then we partake, you know. And we gotta make sure, too, we're not doing it like, you know, I was talking to someone at the chiropractic office about this uh, one little thing, and it has to do with giving food. And it says, well, one person would say, and it's actually a person from the temple, but I'll, I won't say who it was. But anyway, not from the temple, but the person that's connected a little bit. But anyway, she was telling me that uh, that, you know, I want to make sure I eat really good food and organic food and organic produce and I go out and buy all this great stuff. And and she didn't say anything about giving it to the Lord first. And I said, well, I said so when I eat it, I make sure it's it's good for me. So I, it dawned on me right then and there that it's easy to get, just forget a little bit. And that that's fine, but remember, you're not really doing it for you. You're doing it for Krishna. And you're just taking leftovers. So it's, it's having that mindset to remember where a position really is. And constantly in the material war will constantly bombard bombarded to forget that all the time. But we have to remember. So in that way, that's, that kind of reminds me of that kind of idea. and that sets that whole, whole precedent for renunciation. If it's renunciation done in, in the proper way, as you say, then it's got to be done with always in that mind and not for what you're going to get out of it. In other words, well, I'm going to renounce this because then it'll get me a lot of glory or I'll be, you know, enlightened or if I'll be self realized or whatever. But that's not the reason you're doing it. You're doing it because you are a loving, devoted servant of Krishna. You're doing it for Krishna. What you get out of it is irrelevant, you know. Um, it'll come to you whenever it comes to you, right? I mean, that, that's how I would, I would see it. That's how really you have to sacrifice that. It's, it's like, I remember Guru Dev saying one time about, you know, if Krishna wants me to, to come back and not go to, you know, Gurdhaven, uh, Loka, you know, go over there and, and and relish with Krishna, but wants me to come back to make more devotees, and like that's exactly what I'll do. So it's like, I remember him saying that, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it, it does it, it, in the end, I'm not seeking enlightenment. I'm not seeking self-realization. I'm not seeking any of that. I'm seeking to serve. Just serve, you know. And whatever Krishna has in store for me, that's sets up to Him. Nothing to do with me, you know.
0: Is that is that proper yeah. way to look at it. Yeah, the acharyas they call it the fifth fruit. So it like the fruit before is, is is liberation. Like you're saying, like enlightenment. Yeah. And then the fifth fruit is this. This forgetfulness that I'm looking for is this type of goal of enlightenment or liberation. It's, it's, it's beyond that goal because you're living um, in Krishna consciousness. You're living as a servant of God. Mm-hmm. And so when you're living that, um, you're, just, you're just trying to continue to serve. Like, like uh, when Lord Jaitanya asked Ramananda Ra, he was asking him all these questions. He said, what is the greatest uh, tragedy, basically? He said, the greatest tragedy is losing the association of the devotees. Because in that association, a service takes place. This is what is you know, the greatest activity. is devotional service to Radha and Krishna. And he asked, you know, who is the greatest capitalist? Of all these, all, so many people are trying to accumulate wealth. And he said, oh, the greatest capitalist is those who have the most love for Radha and Krishna in their hearts. That's the greatest capitalist. They actually, one uh, of the most wealthy and this is the type of conversation the Lord was asking me uh, Ramana and all this question. <laughs> and they, they would meet every day and, and they would just be relishing this conversation on Radha and Krishna for many hours. Um, so if we remember the 12th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, um, Krishna talks about the different stages uh, of how one can attain the state of Krishna consciousness, devotional service. And the stage before uh, spontaneous love and devotion is, is duty. In other words, like sadhana bhakti. So sadhana bhakti means, like, I, I, know, I know I want this goal of love for Krishna, but I, haven't, I don't feel like I have awakened that love in my heart. But um, I have faith in my guru, I have faith in the process, and I'm going to um, take the instructions and words of guru uh, live it out in my life and by doing so um, fervently with enthusiasm uh, then I know in time uh, this, this will awaken within me like Krishna says in other words like you can offer flowers that's nice like, that's good you offer flowers but I really want it with love I guess sadhana bhakti means like I'm offering flowers every day. I wake up and I offer flowers. But bhakti, a spontaneous bhakti means that I do it with love. See, there's a difference. There's a difference in quality there. Like every day I come and I throw some flowers. Here's some flowers, Krishna. And like, I have no feeling in my heart. I have no really affection for you. I don't even know if I care for you or even know you very much. But every day I'm just going to up some flowers at you. It's it's good. Like, but there's it's a process of duty, I'm performing my duty. But in time, I'm gonna feel. I'm actually gonna feel something when I get those flowers. Yeah.
3: The, the stages are um, first stage is with Shraddha, initial faith, mm-hmm. then uh, uh, sadhusanga, associating with devotees, uh, bhajana, kripa, which is start doing devotional practices then we have anarta give up all unwanted material things, which is kind of what you're talking about. But after that, you have nishta, nishta is firm faith, you have ruchi, which is taste, uh, asapti, which is attachment, and then you get to rati or bhav, which is just like the precursor of praying. And then there's far more stages after praying. The, The problem I see is everybody stuck in a narta Everybody likes to think they're doing it all for Krishna. But like you were describing, at first, we're really doing it for ourselves. You, like when, when they say, if you chant 16 rounds and follow the four regular principles, you, you will go back to the spiritual sky in one lifetime. Uh, what you're doing is hoping to go back to the spiritual li- sky in one lifetime. That's for you, not for Krishna. You're not trying to become perfect in your devotion. You're trying to get rewarded for doing whatever devotion you're doing. So everybody predominantly is stuck there. Now, this is the same thing that Namaparad is. Namaparad literally means without devotion. Appa means without. Radha's name means love and devotion. So, like you're describing, we do it out of duty or fear of God in the initial stage. And we do it for our own benefit in the initial stage. But essentially, what Aparag means, uh, like, let see, what's the one? Uh, committing offenses while chanting. The offenses mean that you're acting materially. You're still thinking materially. You're not thinking about doing it for the Lord. And it's the same when we say, you know, the four material defects. We're all making mistakes. Before you became devotees, you know we're all making mistakes. The problem is when people deny they're making mistakes. That's what real illusion is because, let's say, okay, you have imperfect senses. So, yes, you do make mistakes. You you don't know everything. You don't understand everything. You make mistakes. But when you try to cover up your mistakes, there, there's no call for that. You know, life is much easier. If I did something wrong to you and I apologize to you, it's much easier than if I keep denying it. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. You can't get anywhere with that person as long as he's saying, I didn't do it. But I see so much, you know, people are, are trying to, trying to become perfect before they're perfect. There's no shortcut. You can't deceive an all-knowing God.
0: This is this is good. I'm, we're going to have to run a little late. We we just had a long introduction. We haven't yeah. even gotten to our sharing <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't but I didn't. no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, because the Acharya they actually spell out like the different stages of devotion and how we can we can reach higher stages. Now now one thing I would I would disagree with what you're saying is that in the beginning we should have a proper goal. In other words, in the very beginning we should we should know where we're going. It's better if we do. So we, we may not start from Krishna praying, but if we have that goal of Krishna praying, that is good. That is, that's a good thing to have that goal. And, and that's what's stated. Krishna is saying, make me the goal. I am the goal. I am the highest goal of life. Now, one thing, is, one thing that keeps us on this, called the Kanishta stage, the beginning stage, this, one of the main things that keeps us there, the distinguishing between Kanishta and Badyam, is how we treat um, the living entities. Um, when, when, we, when we transcend the Kanista phase, then we see that everybody is uh, part and parcel of God and we start to see that there's a sacred particle there in every person. So that, that's really how we, we, we begin to uh, rise our consciousness because one of the main suppressing forces is that we're, we're continuing to commit offenses to those dear to God. Like, we cannot progress when we treat other living entities in such a way. So that's why when you get to the Uttama platform, the highest stage, it's said that they see everybody else as a devotee of Krishna, except for themselves. <laughs> that's, that's, that's genuinely how they feel. They feel like, I've turned away from God, I'm very, I'm very lowly, I'm extremely lowly, and everybody else is, is a devotee of Krishna. And and in that mood, um, that humility. Actually, in the Narada Bhakti Sutra, um, Narada Muni he says that um, Lord Krishna, he's pleased with the humble, and he dislikes the proud. <laughs> so that's that's one, one quality of God, is is that he's pleased with the humble, and the goal of life is to please God. Like Bhakti, let's let's face it, Bhakti Yoga means It means that we're doing things, we're living a life we're thinking, we're feeling we're willing, we're, we're living uh, a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Right. So that's why that, that the highest stage of devotion the, the living entity feels very insignificant like, like you were saying, they just always feel like a humble servant. Like Haridastagur, he's a Namacharya, he's the most exalted uh, living entity, the uh, devotee of Lord Jaitanya, and he's feeling like, oh I'm just a worm. I'm a worm swimming through the stool of material existence. That's that's how he feels. Okay, so I think we should get the sharing
2: down. So the sharing, um, basically along the same lines, really, so I can make it pretty quick. Um, I took, actually, the uh, part of the purport of the first verse and uh, the very first part of it. And it says, In every chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna, uh, stresses uh, devotional service unto the supreme personality of Godhead in the, is the ultimate goal of life. So, understanding of that is pretty much clear. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think I can word it better than what the statement is. Um, that sometimes I think that you know, oftentimes I'd say the old-fashioned saying is the, the, the journey is the goal type of thing. Um, oftentimes, this just devotional service. And doing it sincerely, and doing it as well as you can, is in many ways is the goal. The devotional service itself is the goal. Um, so, the next uh, the next part is uh, as far as application goes, is uh, yeah. Every day I I try to best I can to do that. You know I get up, chant my rounds. You know I, I chant on the way to work. You know I. Uh, that helps to prepare my work. I, I take a bus, so I chant my rounds there. I get off the bus. I walk to work. I, in fact, I saw you the other day. Yeah, you saw you the other day, yeah. He was walking down, what was, what was
0: that, Speedway? I was
2: walking down Speedway to, to Helen, yeah, and then I go down Helen. Paris, he
0: has to
2: Helen. bag in his <laughs> hand. So anyway, but I chant all the way to work, and then I, I chant all the way back home, and uh, so it prepares me for that. You know, uh, day two. You know, but at the same time, that's not really the goal. The goal is I'm I'm serving. It's a sacrifice. I'm serving, and so um, yeah. And just just continue that. Follow uh, the spiritual master's instructions. Um, associate with the devotees. Read and hear from the, the scriptures from from bona fide sources, and there you go. That's
0: it, hey guys,
1: Thank you so much. Just so, um, well. Let's see, so I, I was really struck by verse 8. Anyone who gives up prescribed duties is troublesome or out of fear of bodily discomfort is said to have renounced in the mode of passion. Such action never leads to the elevation of renunciation. So this kind of spoke to me because I have been, as I kind of have been mentioning, struggling with, with the work that I do and thinking, okay, I, you know, how, how can I become more immersed in Krishna consciousness? That for me, that meant I need to somehow not be working at my job. And I've been kind of struggling with that since I started coming here. But I, that's been shifting. So um, this really solidified it for me that I, I, do, need to, I do need to keep working. <laughs> um, and that's what Krishna actually wants me to do. And then um, I had further resolution about my doubts in verse 10 where it says, The intelligent renouncer, situated in the mode of goodness, neither hateful or of inauspicious work nor attached to auspicious work, has no doubts about work. So that, that part has no doubts about work. That just really helped me to remove my remaining doubts. So um, my application is in order to um, just remember Krishna as I'm working is to, to say a prayer before I meet you know with each of my families or I'm gonna write something down and so I don't forget him throughout the day. You know I can just keep remembering and I'm gonna read those verses and see how it can be more of an instrument for Krishna. Nice.
0: That was uh, Sridharupa Goswami, he gave a really powerful instruction that's kind of a centerpiece of, of the Krishna conscious movement, it's Yutam Vairagin Uchete, which means engaging everything in the service of Krishna. Mm-hmm. And as Lord Chaitanya went on his South Indian tour, he, uh, he basically instructed all the householders to stay where they were, continue their duty there, and to simply chant Hare Krishna and share the teachings of Krishna with everyone. So it wasn't like he told one person that. He's describing Chaitanya Charajamita. He's telling everybody, all the householders. And different... Each one of the Lord was so attractive that these very biased uh, men and devotees, they wanted to join the Lord. The Lord's the Lord. So stay where you are. Uh, keep on maintaining your your, your life. And uh, simply chant Hare Krishna. And teach others uh, the process of Krishna consciousness. He's done the instructions of Krishna. And in this way, um, you will always be with me. So
3: it's... Yeah, I mean,
1: work doesn't separate us from Krishna, you Because know, that's kind of how I was feeling. Like, oh, I go yeah. to work and then suddenly I feel a distance, you know? But I see that I, that was because of my mindset, you know? I can have Krishna all day long. I can be with him. I can serve him all day long, even yeah. while I'm working. Yeah? Yeah.
2: Nice. Yeah, because that's, that's, a, that's a hard thing to come to. I mean, you know, when you get bombarded with, with work and mm-hmm. with many things and, and, and people around you are seeking other things. And, again, association, with, especially in the beginning and all through our lives, really, we need that association, you know, with, with, with people who are, you know, going to help us to remember who and what we are and what we're supposed to be really doing and what we're supposed to be paying attention to. And so when we get in an environment that doesn't, isn't nurturing that, then we're kind of left to our own devices to get us through. So it's a, it's, it's a matter of, of just shifting your mindset, yeah. And that's, that's the trick. And uh, I'm not always successful at it, that's for sure, but,
0: but I'm getting there, <laughs> yeah. A couple of things that really have helped me when I'm in mundane environments, is that there, well, there's two things. One is, well, okay, three things. One is you can have a clicker you know, to chant discreetly. You do. Another, another thing uh, that you can do is have your iPod or your phone loaded with transcendental sound vibration. Um, and then whenever you get a chance, you pop your earbuds in and start listening to Bhagavad Gita or just listening to Prabhupada's books, listening to Kirtan. And the third, which may be one of the most powerful, is always to have books with you. Because when you have books, always have books with you, then you're always thinking of who might be a candidate for the books, Um, and and in that way, it's like now I have the potential to make meaningful encounters because I have these transcendental literatures with us. So those things, I mean, they're not very difficult to do, you just, you know, have your headphones in your pocket, have a clicker in your pocket, have a little bag for books, uh, it, it makes a huge difference. I had a, I had a job where I was just doing things on a computer. I didn't have to interact so much. Well, I was living at the temple for a while, for eleven months at one point. And I was I was giving a donation to the temple, mm-hmm. staying here. Mm-hmm. I was doing some service here, and I was working, and uh, I just listened all day long, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically to lectures. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, if you can, you know, you might as well you know keep keep the transcendental sound migration. Down. Yeah, the clicker
2: I, I take because you know the, the thing I do is in between tutoring somebody or something like that I sit at the desk uh, and there's might be some things I do but especially in the evenings when it gets a little slower and I just do my rounds do more Yes. Yeah. You know, super, so super to, discreet right? it it super discreet and it really helps
0: yeah. and you know Prabhupada would say it's best to chant out loud yeah. but there's three ways to chant you can chant loudly softly or if you need to you can chant in your mind mm-hmm. and that's also bona fide yeah, yeah. so okay so pull up from part of the purport. One who is in Krishna consciousness should not give up earning money out of fear that he is performing fruitive activities. If by working one can engage his money in Krishna consciousness, or if by rising early in the morning one can advance his transcendental Krishna consciousness, one should not desist out of fear or because such activities are considered troublesome. Such renunciation is in the mode of passion. The result of passionate work is always miserable. If a person renounces work in that spirit, he never gets the result of renunciation. So it's interesting. Normally we think of passion as doing something. But this, this particular verse, Krishna is saying, even if you don't do something, but you do it out of fear, then that's also in the mode of passion. It's interesting. Uh, Srila Prabhupada says in the purport to the next verse, this is the discovery. A man working in Krishna consciousness in a factory does not associate himself with the work of the factory, nor with the workers of the factory. He simply works for Krishna. And when he gives up the results for Krishna, he is acting transcendentally. So when we hear Tyag, giving up fruits of activities, and Tanyaas, giving up activities based on material desires, we have to know that it is not as, as simple as just giving things up or not acting. Giving things up or not acting can actually be sense gratification the opposite of renunciation, if done in the improper way, with improper guidance, for the improper reason, at an improper time, to the wrong person or wrong mission. We can work for fruits, but leave the result to Krishna. When a result comes due to the mercy of the Lord, we use it in His service to please Him. The science of Krishna consciousness is therefore very great, and we can become the greatest renouncer, even while externally we may appear to be in the material mode of passion at times. Um, application. As a grihasta missionary, it has become necessary to engage in business alongside direct missionary work for the sake of maintaining a family. My prayer is that due to the grace of Guru and Krishna, my intention is pure, fruits are engaged properly, and a pat- detachment is maintained while simultaneously working hard for fruits as a loving offering. As Krishna decides to give, Allow me to utilize such blessings for the purpose of true renunciation. Okay, so Krishna has enlightened us about renunciation. So, now, all you great souls, go forth into the world <laughs> and work, work for Krishna. <laughs> work for Krishna, <laughs> right. Yes, yes. So, okay, so I guess it's time for, prepare for Hari now? Yeah, Hare now. Hare now? now. Okay, health. good. Because, right. uh, we only got three of us here. <laughs> <laughs> Four of us, so.